alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 87th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm joined by my pal Bill. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Had a uh, delightful day yesterday raking or mowing leaves, I should say. Uh, I suppose since you're in an apartment, you don't have to engage in such activities, huh? Nope. There are people for that, and I am very appreciative. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I remember why I hate it so much. But uh, what I wanted to ask you before we get in the episode here is... So I've been, you've already been on the 30 for 30 train, but I've been diving in and I've gotten, what have I gotten down? The Elway to Marino, the Broke one, which is really good. The, my God, I feel so bad for them people, but it's on one hand, it's like, I feel bad. But on the other hand, the way they're talking, it's like, did you guys like, they just blew all their money on luxuries. The problem is they had it too easy as like if okay so me and you in high school Mm. we had part-time jobs we had to figure shit out we had you know like you have this much money you also have to pay for your gas your insurance and food and cigarettes you know yeah you gotta you gotta make your money stretch out they were basically and i'm like a lot of those athletes were like poor as kids but once they started getting on the like they are the king of their school like athletically then a lot of shit started coming easy to them, and they didn't really have to worry about it too much, I don't think. They did bring up a good point of why, look, I get it. The colleges just want the kids there to play sports, those particular ones. But yeah. couldn't they at least make them take a financial whatever class? That was a good point that really struck me when I heard it. Yeah, they basically are just fucking livestock to them. They're just cash cows. They just bring in the money and then they fucking float them out. Oh, bring the next crop in, you know. Yeah. Out with the old and with the new. It's uh, it's really sad. But the one that I don't know if you've watched it, the uh, Bill, Bill, it's either Bill and Bill or Bill to Bill about about Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells. Oh, okay. About when Bill Belichick was Bill Parcells, like assistant coach. Yeah, yeah, and then they kind of became like frenemies and. And kind of stuff like that. I, it's very good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Have you seen the one? I mentioned it last week. Have you seen the one about the the guy who fucked up the Cubs game? Okay. Uh, I <laughs> allegedly. Did, I, did, I, I watched that one. Look, all Cubs fans out there, it was not that man's fault you gave up eight runs in the eighth inning. And it's not that man's fault you decided to not win game seven. Okay, it's not that guy's fault. And the Boston guy, too. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really. And even even with what he did, basically about him jumping out there and trying to grab the ball, there were so many other hands out there. I mean, any one of those people could have hit it. They just picked on him because he looked like a, a good scapegoat. And and the fact that uh, the whatever his friend or whatever got the ball and sold it for 100000 I would be fucking pissed. Was nice of the Cubs though to give him a uh, uh, World Series ring after they won in 2017. Oh, they did give him a ring. Yeah, they did. He still won't do interviews or anything because I imagine he's scared for his life. But look, I get there's the thing about momentum and energy and all of that. And when you have coming from the Minnesota Vikings, I get it. You're always waiting for your team to fail, but you can't just blame. <laughs> Some dorky little shit with headphones on in the goddamn crowd when there's 10 other people trying to grab the ball. And you have an extra game. You yeah, know? that was the whole idea behind the, the documentary about finding a scapegoat. Someone who you can kind of pin all of your fucking despair on. And that's what they did. I, they, uh, fucking, they fucking drove that guy out of fucking any sort of life that he might have wanted to have. Well, I mean, he obviously is still alive and I don't think he had to like move away from his town. But no, no. 
I love that definition of scapegoat, scapegoat though, like the origin of it. Uh, yeah. it, it humans never change. They always want to push their blame on something else, don't they? Yelling at that yeah. poor goat, then throwing it off a cliff. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same shit we're seeing today. You oh, know, ab- absolutely. All the shit that's going on with COVID and the election. and Absolutely. You know. Oh, yeah. By the way, before we start here, uh, everybody, this is coming out the day after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone stayed safe, made smart decisions. And if you don't need to go out Black Friday shopping, please buy online. That's what that's what I'm going to say. There's plenty of deals online. God damn it. Yeah, I actually I'm kind of tired of the whole going out for Black Friday shopping. Anyway, I bought a last year. I bought a robot vacuum. Mm. And it's actually, it's still holding up. I figured I'd have to replace it by now. But that's the only thing that I bought Black Friday shopping last year. Well, for myself, I bought a few things for other people. But I I just, I looked at that line. I was actually going to buy a controller for my Xbox. But I looked at that line and I looked at the controller and I was like, I'm only saving five bucks on this piece of shit. And I put it back. (laughs) I just set it down and walked out. And like a a few of the people in line clapped for me. Because apparently that takes willpower. But it's like. You know, you people can do it too. <laughs> no, you're the brave one. You're so brave, fellow. Putting or, that controller or maybe they down. were just happy I was getting out of the line and they can move up one person. I, I imagine it's probably that one. We're American. We're very uh, selfish and greedy. Anyway, let's get in yeah. here, Phil. <sighs> now, I'm going to start off. Have you heard about the birds aren't real conspiracy? Yes, I have. I've, I've heard it first from you, and then I've also... Uh, Read some pretty funny internet articles on it, but not for a while, though. So Okay. Now, just like you and I, there's a large sect of the population that, through the rumor mill, they've heard that people genuinely believe that birds do not exist, or at least there's a perception that there is a group of people who do not believe birds exist. But upon looking deeper into this conspiracy myself, it soon becomes very clear that the entire conspiracy is a cleverly written story to shed light on other problems in the U.S. And it not only does that, it also mocks conspiracies such as QAnon, Flat Earth, Pizzagate, and the newest one, the rigged election. Uh, and it kind of proves how easy it is to manipulate people simply by printing wild stories or memes on the internet. So... That's why I like this one so much, and I think that's why this is a timely episode to kind of bring attention to how easy it is for someone to write a ludicrous story and people just go along with it. Now, were you aware that was kind of the sole purpose of this entire conspiracy, Phil? Uh, No, I was not. I actually thought that that was the purpose of Flat Earth, was Um, to show, like, make a mockery out of conspiracy theories and to kind of troll the conspiracy theory uh, community, but then it got <laughs> picked up. And then the people who kind of created this flat earth like farce started making money off of it. And once you start making money off of it, you can, you know, you start run with it. You actually believe in it. Yeah. Just like Alex Jones, basically. So, yep. so the thing is, is I don't know for certain if there's people who genuinely are going to believe this story or not, or do believe this story or not. I don't really know. We'll get through it. It sounds very convincing, but once you get read it or once you hear this up, you'll be like, yeah, that's bullshit. But uh, we'll start off here. In 1947, the CIA determined that they had identified the greatest threat to the United States of America, that being, of course, communism. This fear was taken to a much higher degree in 1951 with the arrest of Russian spies Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Now, I think these, I didn't confirm it. I think these are the two they made a movie with starring Ryan Philippi in. Do you, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. So I know what these, these two had, had done. I know, I know why they got into trouble. Um, Do you remember what the movie was called? Maybe. Oh God. I, I, I don't, I watched it so many years ago, at least. 10, 11 years ago, but basically it's uh, the guys in the FBI and he befriends like a senior person who I believe is Julius Rosenberg. And then he kind of figures out like there's something weird about these two and then they expose them for being spies or whatever. Mm. It's that kind of uh, 
what you remember? Well, yeah, I know the history behind what they did. So they, so yeah, they're, they're, they're I don't know if you're going to mention it later. They're the ones who stole the plans for the atomic bomb. Really? I know that's the end of them too. Um, but yeah, I, I oh. did not know that. That's, uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's basically why, I mean, people were afraid of communists before that there was a whole, you know, it had been kind of building up and building up a lot yeah. of people at the end of world war two thought that maybe we should have went all the way past Germany and into Poland and Russia and took out the the Soviets once and for all. That would have been a horrible fucking idea because <laughs> yeah. they were they I mean, if you can catch the Russians off their guard like the Germans did and like Napoleon did, then you might be, you know, good to go. If you if you keep it up, keep it up before the winter comes. But once you give the Russia, once you give that sleeping bear a little time to wake up and stop hitting the snooze button, he's a motherfucker. Yep. Yeah, that ain't that the truth. By the yeah. way, Phil, let me mention something here. This information's taken from the uh, birds aren't real like dot org or dot com or something. Uh, so some of the facts might not be true. I don't know. I'm bait. This whole thing's based off what they have written on their website. So you correct me if <laughs> they get some of the dates wrong or anything. But okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah. So. And I think it's purposely made that way as well. Now, because of the Cold War era fears, the government decided they needed to heighten security and watch out for those pesky Ruskies. So they installed the first CCTV surveillance cameras in areas that had a high Russian immigrant population. Makes sense, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that's 100% true or not, but I would assume it probably is. Yeah, you don't. That's the weird thing is like you're. Your standard Russian immigrant, I wouldn't really be worried about them as much as I would be worried about like someone who has relatives in Russia, but they're like a second or third generation American. I'm I'm a little bit more worried about them because they're more easily like someone with a, a thick Russian accent and, you know, a borscht and vodka drinking <laughs> motherfucker. Like I'm not really worried about him because he can't really hide it as well as like a third generation. Like if the guy's name is Nicholas instead of Nikolai. You're you know, right, like, right. Like because he can hide in plain sight and he can pass for you know, someone who doesn't have any ties to Russia. So Yeah, but you gotta you gotta remove your brain and implant the nineteen fifty CIA brain. Like Yeah, I know. Less evolved and more <laughs> I get it. It's just like with it's just like with the Chinese and the Japanese, you know. Well, the Japanese during World War II. And the Chinese for a hundred years before. Right, so. right. Now, in 1953, newly elected CIA director Alan Dulles decided that he needed to step up surveillance in America by hiding thousands of cameras all throughout the United States. A few few years later, in 1956, Dulles met with then President Dwight D. Eisenhower to hatch a plan to put cameras in the sky because it would make it much easier to observe and track their targets. Eisenhower allegedly told him, when you figure out how exactly that's even possible, come back to me. And so the plan was in motion for Dulles. What do you think so far? You know where this is leading, right? Well, yeah, I can, because I know <laughs> the title of the, uh, the conspiracy, but I, I was thinking, like, I wonder what their initial plans for this were. Cause you think at the time you're in the fifties. Mm -hmm. So satellites aren't really a thing. They're a, they're a thing inside of like a couple of ex German Nazis mind at this point, but they're not like feasible yet. Maybe airplanes. Um, they did have some pretty sweet fucking spy technology brewing up at the time. Maybe balloons. I mean, how would you control balloons? That's true. You, you can, I mean, if if they were maybe remote control, but the technology for that might have been a little bit in its infancy too. Don't, so don't you worry, Dulles is a uh, is a a mastermind, as we're about to find out here, Phil. All right. <laughs> now, unknown to Eisenhower, Dulles actually had an extreme hatred towards birds. Dulles often referred to them as quote flying slugs or the scum of the skies. 
His <laughs> his anger all rooted from those flying bastards constantly pooping all over the vehicles at the CIA headquarters and to a larger extent the D, the entire DC area. Now his main source of anger was at birds specifically pigeons. Now because yep. <laughs> now because the of the uh moral of the citizens was so high at the time it caused them to go outside and in turn end up feeding the pigeons which feeding the pigeons are in turn turned to the pigeons shitting a lot now in Dallas's mind if he could kill all the birds while at the same time replacing them with surveillance robot birds it would solve all of his problems in one fell swoop what do you think nice. about that phil that's awesome. I mean, he, <laughs> if this is true, he becomes my hero because you know, like I birds? really pigeons are my second least favorite bird. <laughs> uh, number one, of course, being fucking pelicans. Pelicans, damn, fucking sea rats. Oh god, they are fucking. If you ever go anywhere near the ocean and have like food outside, those little bastards. Like one will, one will kind of walk up to you and distract you, while three more fucking grab your bag of food and fucking rip it open. I think you're thinking of seagulls. Seagulls, yeah, yeah. No, seagulls. Seagulls are the ones that I hate. Yeah. The pelicans, I think, just eat fish. Pelicans, big, they have like the big Mitch McConnell like droopy chin thing. Yeah, those are seagulls and pelicans. I think they're pelicans maybe, have like that yeah. droopy ass beak thingy where they like scoop up fish with it. Yeah, I think those are the ones that I'm thinking of. Maybe they, I they like French fries. They like French fries and cigarette butts. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely cigarette butts. Obvious. Because they were eating a shit ton of the cigarette butts that we were leaving on the ground at the at the fucking Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> on May sixth, nineteen fifty seven, Alan Alan Dulles met up with an unidentified man at the Boeing Airplane Company and wanted to secretly order one hundred and twenty B fifty two bombers to use for the eradication of the bird population. But because they didn't want the public to take notice of these bombers being built, they would have 23 engineers from Boeing secretly work on them at none other than Area 51. According to one source, Dulles specifically chose these 23 engineers because they did not have any families. That way they could, quote, disappear after the project was completed and nobody would ever notice. So... Is this striking close to home or what, Phil? All right. First of all, <laughs> engineers don't build anything. They don't touch any fucking, they don't touch a hammer or a fucking any screwdriver, any screws, nothing like that. Uh, it's, it's actual like mechanics, like worker people, factory workers, 23 workers building 152 or 120 B-52 bombers, they would still be building them right now. <laughs> well, here's the weird thing, and this is another loophole in this story. Uh, <laughs> they they definitely design, custom design these planes, as we'll talk about in a second here, but it doesn't really mention if they built them or not, so I, I, don't, I don't know. It's uh, Actually, they said they had 23 engineers, but one of them they threw off of the road because he kept, Taking too many bathroom breaks or something. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it makes more sense because, I mean, to make one plane the size of a B 52 actually takes like thousands of people. It takes multiple because you can't just, it's not like you're making all of the parts at one site. You're making like multiple parts at different sites. You're making like the electronics, you're making the, you know, the fuel tanks are made at one site. This is made another site and it all comes together. Right. So, I mean, you couldn't just have 23 people making a B-52 bomber at Area 51. It's fucking inconceivable. Well, they I would still be like trying to get the first one off the ground. <laughs> well, let's find out, Phil. The engineers were in charge of designing the B-52B bombers. The additional, uh, the additional B stands for Barack. <laughs> now the planes were to be fitted with a 450 gallon water tank uh which would they would place where the bomb compartments were previously allegedly they were struggling to get it to work so much so uh delas supposedly ended up hitting one of the engineers over the head with a 40 pound wrench which placed the man in a coma holy shit a fucking 40 pound <laughs> wrench 
<laughs> he would have killed him. Well, there's big bolts on a plane, Phil. No, I understand that. <laughs> but someone with a 40-pound piece of fucking iron is <laughs> quite excessive. Have you ever Unless heard- he was wearing a hard hat made out of fucking Kevlar rubber and fucking hopes and dreams. Uh, have you ever seen the documentary Fast and the Furious? Yes, I have. And Vin Diesel... I think beats the shit out of that guy with the torque wrench. I guess it's not forty pounds, but but yeah. No, it's that that thing's probably less than a pound. And he yeah, in the great documentary, he basically made the man, you know, beat him completely fucking senseless. Right. So with a forty pound if you hit someone in the head with a forty pound wrench, they'd immediately yeah, I don't even know if they'd go into a coma. They might just fucking die. Do you think it'd be like Gallagher hitting a watermelon? Not quite that bad, but I bet there'd be a hole there. <laughs> Probably. Now, outside of just the water tanks, these planes would also be fitted with an extremely complex system of radars and advanced tracking systems that they would use to track large flocks of birds from a distance of up to 200 miles away. So these are the ultimate bird killing and tracking machines so far. We'll get into how they kill them here in a minute. The planes, okay. the planes were also painted jet matte black to camouflage them during their night flights and fitted with Pratt & Whitney JT 3D engines that would allow the planes to be completely silent at altitudes of 3,000 foot or higher. So, what do you think? Are these good planes for killing birds or what? I mean, I don't know <laughs> what a good bird-killing plane would be. I know a B-52 isn't going to have a very easy time flying at 3,000 feet. Those things need to get up in the higher altitudes so that, you know, the less resistance, <laughs> the, the easier it is for them to fly. If you've, ever, if you've ever seen one take off, they basically have their afterburners on, like the moment that they start taking off, just so they can get off the ground. So are you saying there's a loophole in the conspiracy already, Phil? Two well, of them. There's, couple a few, of them. There's, a, there's a few different ones. But the the whole thing having... Radar, I could see that. I could see you being able to track flocks of birds from 200 miles away. You would have to have, I think at the time they were using like those magnetrons in the plane's noses for the radar network. Right. So I think that if you set up a radar network with those, you could, you know, have a big swath of land. True. You could probably see a lot of birds with that. (laughs) There's a lot of birds in the like in the whole world. I they're gonna have their hands or they're gonna have their work cut out for them. I feel like. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. I actually was walking to go have a smoke yesterday, and I heard something weird. And I looked at one of the large bushes that we have on the complex, and there was a bird like sitting on one of the branches in the bush. And I realized I hadn't seen a bird since last winter. I guess they must have all just started flying back. Wow. Okay. I thought you were going to say for a minute you thought it was a robot bird. No, it might have been a robot bird. We'll have to see. Well, maybe. Now, it took nearly two years to complete 120 bombers. After they were completed, the Boeing engineers were told they were allowed to return home. But just 30 minutes after they left Area 51, they were intercepted, detained, sent to Washington, and then were sent over to Vietnam. In Vietnam, they were forced to fight on the front lines, which they would actually survive for three weeks, enduring intense combat until <laughs> until they ran out of ammo and were captured by the Viet Cong, and then they were never heard from again. Now, if you were to go to your, your higher-ups in your company and ask about the missing 23 engineers in from 19, I guess, 60-something, what do you think they would tell you? From every... Every engineer I've ever met in my my career, I would say three weeks is a fucking stretch <laughs> by about two weeks and six days. I don't think they would make it tonight. <laughs> I, I'm just like, uh, yeah, it's this is such a wild story. Can you kind of see like what they're trying to point out, though? They would they would die drowning like some of them would die drowning trying to cross a river. Like knee high. I yeah, I can see where they're going. It's it's the whole fucking Dulles is a fucking asshole and he's, you know, some kind of like a king. Basically, there's also a conspiracy about Dulles and 
how he was actually running shit, not Eisenhower. Really? But, yeah, it's oh my god. Wow. This guy's this guy could be writing those crappy fucking Amazon books. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to play along. It's just like wow, it's getting no. to the point. That, thick. That's why, hold on, we're not even close to the thick part yet. But I'm saying is that we're what, still in the soupy fucking part of the subject. We're, we're in the broth. We got to add the meat yet. So the the that's why I immediately said like, okay, guys, anybody normal and sane will read this and be like, okay, this is just a joke. But there, I I truly think there's people who think this is real. I really do. Now, yeah, if, if the CIA, if Dulles and the CIA actually wanted to get rid of 23 engineers who didn't have a family, who just spent two years at Area 51, they would just black bag them. <laughs> There's no letting them go and then capturing them and then sending them to three different places, then <laughs> Vietnam, and then allowing them to fall. You're allowing the 23 engineers who just worked on a top secret military program to kill all birds and replace them with surveillance cameras, the communists, you're allowing the opportunity for 23 of these engineers to get caught by the communists. Right. Well, they won't believe them. That's fucking insane. <laughs> Luckily though, for the United States government, I don't think they would last the night. So yeah, it's uh, just, wow. All right. Very me... whole, very holy, very Swiss cheesy. A little. <laughs> let me get to probably my favorite part here. God, okay. Now, you're probably wondering, how exactly were they going to implement these modified B-52B bombers to kill all the birds? Well, the, plane, the plan was actually pretty simple. The water tanks would be filled with a special poison. They would then fly at an altitude of 8,000 feet and rain the poison water over the top of flocks of birds. The best part is, if they missed the birds it would completely dissolve before hitting the ground, not affecting humans. Now, if a single drop hits a bird's feather, it will uh, slowly soak through their feathers and make their w make its way into its bloodstream. Within 24 hours, the poison would affect the bird's bone structure and eventually would cause complete decomposition of the bird's corpse within a day. So, they get touched by this. Within a day, they're just it's it's like literally just nothing there dissolves everything. No evidence. Yeah, it, it just works out perfectly. Yeah, that's that's fucking insane. So only eight thousand feet in the air, these B fifty twos are yeah. gonna fly over flocks of birds, individual <laughs> flocks of birds, yeah. and paint the birds with this poison. And they're saying it's not gonna hit the ground at no, all. No, it'll 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 dissolve beforehand. Yeah, because that's how that's how physics works. And, yeah, chemicals and all that. Holy shit. Okay, let's continue. So on June second, nineteen fifty nine, Operation Water the Country was born, and the mass genocide of birds took place. In nineteen seventy six, the program would be renamed Operation Very Large Bird. They apparently wanted to rename it Operation Big Bird but they didn't want any legal trouble from uh, PBS and Sesame Street. Now, within the first six years of the operation, 15% of the total bird population was completely wiped out, and the first wave of robot birds were unleashed into the world without anybody having noticed a single difference. Now, the way they were able to convince the pilots to spread the poison all over the United States was because they told them they were actually just watering the grass of the entire country. So most of them had no idea they were actually committing mass genocide on the bird population. Perfect plan, Phil. Yeah, definitely. That, that's ex <laughs> exactly what I would tell them, too. No, no, no. Like, these bullshit missions that we're having you run where you go spray bird populations, you're, uh, yeah... No, no, you're just watering the grass of the country. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I love I love the operation water the country. That's good. I like that. I one. think I feel operation like... very large bird. <laughs> it's uh, it's oh my god, I could like I get there's a lot of dry areas in in the country or there's fires or whatever, but I don't think you need a water everywhere. I mean, it rains yeah. a lot in uh, Seattle. I don't think they want any more water. If I was honestly, so getting into 
we'll probably be talking about this later, but if I actually wanted to kill all the birds in the country, I would probably just turn up the like the mating habits of like domesticated and feral cats and just have <laughs> them go because they fucking cats are like they have like the domesticated house cat has killed off so many species of bird and mouse in the country or in the world, I guess you could say, because they're all over the world. But there are so many species of birds that go extinct just because of cats. Just because of cats, huh? Yeah, because there's way too many of them. Mm, I did not know that. So maybe this is a joking conspiracy, but maybe that's the real conspiracy, Phil. Could be. I mean, that's exactly how, if I wanted to get rid of all of the birds, I would just have there be more cats. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Operation Feral Cats? Just send yeah. thousands of feral cats everywhere? It'd be great, too, because you can get rid of the mice population, like the rat population in cities. Just have more cats running around. But then you have a, a cat problem. But Hey, have you seen that that meme of like uh, that little mouse or rat in New York taking that whole piece of pizza? <laughs> yeah, I have. So th- someone, I think they're doing a prank. They were in a subway station in New York dressed as a giant rat. And they had this yeah. humongous piece of pizza and they're trying to drag it up the stairs. <laughs> and the people were like actively getting out of his way. He's like, who is this crazy son of a bitch? I remember, so on the, the farm that I grew up on, um, you know how fucking the feed that you give to cattle has like kind of, not steroids in it, but it's, it's steroids basically. Mm-hmm. And there was, we had rats on our farm that apparently they, all that they ate was that feed. And one time we had well, the little water things that you feed your calves with. Um, it has a lid on it so that the, the cow can basically like lift it up with its nostrils and like take a drink and then it shuts itself. Mm-hmm. So one time we took a stick and lifted one of those up. There was a fucking rat Ooh. in that little water thing that was the size of a medium size, like a beagle, like a medium sized dog. It wow. was fucking huge. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen some pretty big rats on the farm. Trying to think of the biggest one. The biggest one I saw might be the half the size of a cat. Mm. I think a cat had killed it. And I was just like, Jesus, I didn't know they get that big. Yeah, this thing was fucking huge. Like Jesus. We ran away from it once we saw it. Because we saw <laughs> we saw the lid pop up and we thought a cat had gotten in there. And it was a fucking rat. Like basically stuffed inside this little water thing. Maybe it was Master Splinter. Could have been <laughs> the early version of Splinter. He might have been fucking teaching some turtles how to fight in there. <laughs> now, during JFK's presidency, he slowly started to figure out what the CIA was up to and demanded to know why they were doing this. Oh, God. Eventually, eventually the CIA showed him their newest prototype of a bird-killing plane they called Turkey X-500, that specialized in the killing of larger birds such as eagles and falcons. Now, as you can imagine, JFK was not thrilled when he heard this news. Although it's never been confirmed, those in the birds aren't real community believe JFK's assassination was directly connected to him finding out about their mission and trying to put a stop to the genocide of the bird population. What what do you think, Phil? Is this... Is that why JFK got he got taken out? <laughs> when you mentioned JFK, I am <laughs> almost had like a head slapping moment of oh god, they're gonna fucking connect the JFK yeah, assassination. Yeah. How he found out about the birds. <laughs> what a guy in a bird outfit just took him out. Maybe that's a real sniper there. Some guys it like turned, Big Bird took him out. It turns out that Oswald was like a, a pigeon keeper. Like Mike Tyson. You know how like Mike Tyson like loves to like keep pigeons? Turns out he was a big time pigeon collector. That's why he took out JFK. Well, according to that documentary, Mike Tyson had four baby tigers or something. Is that what it four tigers on his property? I think so. At, at one time when he like had the most like all of the the money still, I think he did have like a zoo of exotic animals, basically. When I heard that somebody's broken, what is it? They broke on to his property and then got attacked by one of the tigers and then they sued him. I'm kind of like, Jesus, America's kind of weird that way sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's sometimes the laws are kind of fucked up with the problem is even if you have like an apartment and somebody tries breaking into your house and then they cut themselves on the window that they kicked out, that they broke, then they can sue you for the money. 
and basically rob you twice. <sighs> I mean, as long as he wasn't, he didn't have these tigers illegally. I don't. If you go like I, I mean, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. But maybe that's why the guy did it because he knew Mike Tyson had a lot of. Well, he at one point had a lot of money. Well, that's why. Like anytime I ever talk to anybody who like people who work at gun stores or like a lot of the like gun enthusiast type people, they always say like, if you're ever going to use your gun on an intruder, don't leave a witness, you know, because <laughs> right. you'll get, you'll get sued. And you know, the story's yours basically after they're not around anymore. So <laughs> we'll try not to kill anybody. Let's put that out there anyway. Unless they deserve it. <laughs> now this conspiracy goes even deeper than just the assassination of JFK. Some of you may have heard of a North Vietnamese torpedo boat that was accused of attacking a U.S. uh, destroyer in the Gulf of Tonkin, thus having the U.S. sending a bunch of troops into Vietnam. But this was actually just a ruse. They faked the attack on a U.S. destroyer to then start a war in Vietnam, but they didn't really care about the fear of communism. The real goal of the U.S. government was to obtain a mineral called bauxite ore, which Vietnam contains the largest amount of in the world. So what do you do you think? Is this plausible so far? I mean, (laughs) America was they got out of their owning other people's land for like we we were turning a leaf on colonialism. We were no longer trying to like go in and own other people's land and take their, you know, riches. We were basically fucking them over with trade. So if we really wanted Vietnam's bauxite ore, we would just dominate the government behind the scenes. But if communism took over, then I could see how you're no longer able to dominate, like Diem. You can dominate Diem, the South Vietnamese dictator. But if Ho Chi Minh takes over, well, really it was the people who, Ho Chi Minh was just like the front man for the actual government that led North Vietnam, the actual revolutionary movement. So I could see how having Ho Chi Minh take over and his people and the Chinese, especially the Russians, wouldn't allow you to take their riches. So yeah, they wouldn't allow them to get fucked over like that. (laughs) Well, basically, the reason the U.S. started the war was for the bauxite ore. Now, they wanted the bauxite ore to make aluminum, as mentioned. And the reason they needed a shit ton of aluminum was to create their surveillance bird robots. Okay? But that's not all, Phil. Additionally, they escalated the fear of nuclear war to build mass amounts of bomb shelters. These bomb shelters were actually factories that were used in the creation of robotic birds. They had 22 factories that could make up to 100,000 robotic birds a day, Phil. God damn. That is is hella production right there. 100,000 robotic surveillance birds a day. So so let me ask this quick. (laughs) Did they also have all of the workers who made these 100,000 robotic birds a day? Did they also ship their asses to North Vietnam too? (laughs) Hey. I'm going to tell you how they got people in these factories to make these birds. Let me let me tell you right now. Okay. The reason how they were able to get so many people to craft these was simply by going to bars and clubs during the 60s and 70s and offering people free tabs of acid. Once said person was tripping balls, they then would transport them to these bomb shelters. Once they were inside, they would hear Pink Floyd playing nonstop. And because of the acid heads, wouldn't know the difference of being abducted or tripping. They just assumed they were just having the best trip of their life where they were in a government agency building robotic birds. And then after they were done, they just put them back where they found them and they were none the wiser. So if you you were an acid head in the 60s and 70s, there's a good chance that you helped build robotic surveillance birds that is true god what what everything in this like kind of steals from another little conspiracy like there's always a conspiracy Mm -hmm. about the cia using acid Mm -hmm. and testing it on humans i forgot what the the operation's name was um do you remember uh mk ultra mk ultra that's the one like this is a little bit of mk ultra then there's the 
there's Vietnam, there the Tonkin Gulf, uh, then there's JFK, there's all of this stuff. It just they're trying to like fuse all of these like semi-legitimate conspiracy theories, if you can call them legitimate, you know, <laughs> but these these mainstream, we'll call them mainstream. They're trying to like fuse these mainstream conspiracy theories into this total bullshit one to try to give it like a suit of armor of not total bullshit conspiracy theory. It's just fucking amazing. It's uh, like, yeah. We'll 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 talk a lot more about that at the end. Uh, kind of what the entire point of this conspiracy is. But you're mm-hmm. bringing up a very 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 valid point about this. So fine. Yeah. So finally, in November of 1973, a man named Clark Griffin, who is a very large anti-Vietnam activist, was contacted by a man who only went by the name of. Master. Master informed Clark about the secret behind the Vietnam War and the genocide of the bird population, and this is when the Birds Aren't Real movement first started. Clark Griffin would, from this point on, rally supporters combating the government's genocide of the bird population and try to put a stop to the mass surveillance of the public. It even got to the point where they tried to release a Birds Aren't Real commercial during Super Bowl XXI, but sadly, it got intercepted by the FBI. So, I can't remember which Super Bowl Super Bowl XXI was, but man, that would have been crazy to see that. Yeah, that would have been, God, a super fucking long time ago. Would that have been the 8? What was uh, Super Bowl that Minnesota went to? Was that like 12? Uh, yeah, I was in the early beginnings. I don't know. That was in the 70s, like 71 to 73 or 4, I think. So this would have been during the 80s. So I think, who was good during the 80s? Was it the Raiders? I think Or was it the Steelers? It wasn't the Steel Curtain, was it? No, I bet it was the Raiders, actually, because I think, um, the New York Giants and the... Who did they beat in their first Super Bowl? I don't remember now. The Buffalo Bills, maybe? No. Okay. One of them, too. I don't know. They were Super Bowl 25, I believe. Okay. Might have been Washington or somebody like that. Yeah, it's... uh, I was... When you said the the master, it had me thinking about... <laughs> I think Charles Manson went by the name The Master. Did I was it? like, oh, God, are they going to fucking throw Charles Manson into this, too? They should have. Yeah. That would have been a perfect little slot for... Some crazy person during the 70s. <laughs> well, Phil, why don't we actually uh, listen to the banned 1987 Super Bowl commercial here? Let's go. All right, let's do I it. Resigned. Going to see effective at noon tomorrow. We all remember where we were when that happened. But what if I told you that something far greater was at play in this very moment? A saga of government corruption so entrenched in our society that to expose it would make Watergate a mere footnote in the pages of history. For the last few years, my team and I have been investigating the biggest crime ever perpetrated on the American people. Since the Eisenhower administration, the U.S. government has been committing genocide on the entire bird population and replacing these birds with sophisticated robot replicas, equipped with five megapixel cameras and a sophisticated tracking system that can follow your every movement. I know this is horrifying, but please remember, stay calm. It is estimated that by 2001, 90% of the birds that we see in the sky will actually be surveillance robots. We must act now to prevent this from going any further. Join us, and together we can make 1987 the year that we take back our freedom. Oh yeah, there it is. I can see why the FBI ain't letting that get out. Oh, definitely, yeah. And that uh, I couldn't watch the video of it because I don't have it on my side, but it didn't quite sound like they were like living in the 80s. No. You know how you can kind of hear like audio from the 80s and you can, yeah. you know... It didn't sound like audio from the 80s. No, I, it's definitely a very well done uh, like replication of an 80s commercial. I'll tell you that much. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's really brilliant. Whoever did that is fucking fantastic. But uh, also, I did a quick Google. Giants defeated the Denver Broncos Super Bowl 21. Oh, okay, gotcha. So that was their f- first Super Bowl. It must have been an Elway one because of uh, that draft that we were talking. The, yep, the yep. 30 for 30. Oh, yep. Okay. It yeah. was an Elway one. Yes, indeed it was. <clears throat> All right. Now, sadly, after spending decades trying to battle against the government, the last time anyone would ever see Clark Griffin was on May 6th, 1991, a day the movement now refers to as Blue Monday. 
So they're kind of head of the organization is disappeared forever. Now, without a figurehead such as Clark Griffin, the real bird patriots have continued to fight the good fight. But currently, President Trump is making that very difficult. Not only is he trying to regulate the internet and block those who oppose him, but he has also convinced a large swath of the population that the true problem is with the Mexicans. But the real truth behind the Great Wall is it actually contains thousands of hard microwaves, which destroys birds' ability to fly, which, after that happens, within a mere few hours, that bird is dead. With all of that said, all of you bird truthers need to take a peek out of your window, look up at the pigeons. If they haven't shit on a car in a while, you might already be in deep shit. So, Phil, what do you think about the Great Wall now? Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's you would think that it would have been because a lot of you would think it would, it would be like Obama that they were, <laughs> but they did tie it in with the wall. So I can yeah. see the whole Trump thing. If President Trump was trying to put down any type of like conspiracy, I could see that conspiracy fucking flourishing, though. It's oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if he made up some shit about a the birds taking away your rights or something. Oh yeah. People would eat that shit up. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's, it's so great. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my head around like president Trump actively opposing, not only the bird truthers, but also being a part of taking the mantle of killing all the birds <laughs> by building the great wall just to put fucking microwaves to kill the birds. <laughs> well, look, he's from New York, allegedly. So I'm sure he hates pigeons with a passion. I assume most New Yorkers aren't fond of pigeons. Yeah, pigeons aren't a very popular bird out there. They uh, they are ugly. They fucking shit on everything. They don't taste very good. So <laughs> you, I'm you tasted a pigeon. I've heard they don't taste very good. And they just don't, they don't look like they taste very good. So well, I don't like any birds that don't taste good. You know, my cousin Josh for sure has tasted a few pigeons before. Oh, I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I imagine he's eaten all sorts of fucking varieties of varmint, just anything you could think of that you wouldn't even touch. I'm sure he's had. What? I remember at the, I remember the, uh, the Cresco wildlife place. They always used to have like their little banquets. They would always have things that you would never think about eating. Like, they would eat rabbit, possum, raccoon, like all these weird varmint that. I should have asked Josh if he's ever shot a bird and then thought it was weird when he, he opened it up and there's just like mechanical pieces and like springs everywhere. Little radio transceivers <laughs> yeah. and little fucking spy gear. <laughs> uh, so look, basically, pretty obvious, that entire conspiracy is horseshit, right? But the yeah. main thing as far as my understanding goes, is what they're ultimately trying to get at out of this is the extreme surveillance that countries, more, most specifically America, puts on their citizens. Um, obviously, we know now about the NSA and all of that. And I think the reason this man created this was to kind of poke fun at the mass surveillance of uh of humans that's going on right now, which I guess if they made up some story about birds surveilling everybody, they can probably surveil every, anybody they want to without birds right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, they have cameras that fit into like the basically like button cameras, like tiny enough to fit that you can have like a, a lens inside of your button and it just looks like a button. You can't even tell it's a fucking camera. Right. They don't need to have like bird cams out there, you know, doing all this stuff. And then there's the thing about like surveillances. It's not like they're actively watching you. Like they really don't care about you. Right. They're trying to get like a snapshot of what's going on. Most of the time, these cameras, everyone thinks like they're being watched constantly. No one's really watching these cameras. They're basically just looking for signs of like, if you have cameras at Walmart, they're not like watching you as you walk around doing regular stuff. They're watching for like fucking specific instances. They're looking for a suspicious activity. 
Yeah. So yeah. they don't give a fuck about you. They're looking at people who are kind of like looking around, like, you know, looking like they're about to maybe steal something. They're looking for like that kind of shit. You know, what's funny when like when I worked at Best Buy, obviously they have that person in the front watching the cameras all the time. Yeah. I- I'm pretty sure 100 percent of the people that they caught stealing, somebody physically saw them first, like uh, saw them doing something funny, like if somebody else who worked there, then they watched them on the camera. But uh, but yeah, so here's the thing. Do you think because like. If if he's talking about this guy, the CIA guy, who you said's not a good dude, and that, you know, obviously he made he is he the one in charge of Cointel Pro, kind of. Well, it was so it mostly was not really Dulles. It was probably more uh, Hoover hmm. that was the FBI because the CIA does a lot more outside of the United States stuff. The FBI obviously does a lot more inside the yeah. United States. Uh, inside of our borders um yeah so dulles even though there are like theories that dulles and the cia were totally on board with it and i think that we even talked about some evidence that they were um it was mostly hoover and like hoover and he was you know dressing in dresses and you know <laughs> with his fucking <laughs> that, in his mom's dresses here here's the thing do you think like maybe this person who made this conspiracy up is essentially making a timeline of events that have led us up to kind of how we are to this day. Like all those incidences he listed kind of have slowly morphed us into the type of world we live in today. Well, I mean, I can see how, so he started off with the surveillance of Americans and possible, you know, communist spies Mm. after the, uh, the one big spy example that you mentioned before the Julian and Ethel mm-hmm. um, instance. So I can see how that would be a good start for like the surveillance. Then what did you talk about um, going after communism, JFK, Vietnam? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's the surveillance thing is mostly not really done by the federal government. I think most of the surveillance is done by like business so I don't really think I don't really think it's like the surveillance is like video camera wise because like obviously there's way more surveillance out there that look at like internet usage they look at like financial transactions they look at all of this stuff emails you know a lot more like electronic like messaging that kind of stuff right. it's not really as much like you don't catch a lot of crime really like most of the crime done is all done like electronically now. With not a lot of crime, especially with COVID. Like, there's not a lot of crime going on, like, out in the open anymore. No. I mean, well, I'm sure there is by people who don't care about COVID and all that, but yeah. Well, uh, that's, I mean, not wearing a mask isn't a crime. It's just a fucking more. No, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, oh. uh, I know in certain cities they've said, like, uh, shootings are up a lot. Like violent crimes and stuff. I've heard. I I don't know for certain, uh, but I don't know. I heard. Oh, I heard that the crimes that were up were domestic violence, and I heard that the crimes that were down were, um, like you know, people you don't know, like strangers committing these crimes against you, or because a lot of people are like stuck at home now. They're not really going out anymore. Then I heard that a lot of the like the violent crime was happening inside the house now with people really? who were like together yeah that's what i heard a lot of i heard there was a spike but i heard it was because of domestic violence and you know crimes inside the home hmm i'm sure that happens too i've just heard i think like on the local news they were talking about crime in like certain cities like shooting wise uh like Mm. gang activity wise i would assume is up a little bit but uh yeah i i yeah I, i don't know but the the thing that is interesting about this conspiracy is I would have to imagine there's some people who truly believe this and you can kind of see this is a satirical one that people probably believe. If you make a fake one that people believe like you got to be careful what you're reading. Sometimes you got to stop, pump the brakes and be like, come on, is this really plausible? We'll call this the subliminal deception, critical conspiracy thinking where you pump the brakes and be like, Hmm, 
Does this make sense in my head? If the answer is no, don't try to force your head. Don't try to force yourself to believe it's real. Right. I was I was joking with Bianca last night because they had Fauci on, right? Yeah. I'd never really heard him talk a lot. I'm like, man, we could make a conspiracy that Fauci, being Italian, is actually a third. Uh, is like uh, Mussolini was his great great grandfather or something, and like get all these people riled up because they think he's like this evil dictator man because he's a virologist or whatever. I thought you were going to say, like, there's a mob tie. Like, he's actually a capo. <laughs> he's actually, like, doing a mob job right now, trying to, like, fleece the government of money for crappy fucking foreign-made ventilators or something like no, that. No, see, there, we, there is a conspiracy out there that Fauci is the one who created the virus. Have you seen that the documentary that was on, like, all the rage on YouTube a few months ago? Yeah, Plandemic, yeah. the one that's Plandemic. been... Yeah, it's been debunked into the fucking ground. But oh, here, that doesn't matter though. It's true. What, no, I I completely. What I'm saying is, you gotta remember who are the conspiracy people right now. They are not. They're not afraid of mobsters. They're afraid of quote unquote tyrannical governments. Uh so I think the Mussolini aspect with Fauci. You could make a perfect connection. Nobody would know the difference. You could just make up a fake birth certificate or something. I think a lot of the people who create these conspiracy theories on the internet, the only thing that they're really afraid of is their mom coming back from the store and not buying enough Mountain Dew and Hot Pockets. <laughs> I think that's what they're really afraid of. I, I'm sure. Sometimes people are just angry and they need to, I don't know, take their anger out on other people. That's kind of my... Uh, my, my thing, 2020 has been taxing on everybody. I don't care what side of the fence you sit on. It's been a rough year for everybody. Uh, the pandemic financially, whatever. So it's kind of like, I, I think people are just kind of ready for everybody. Yeah. I feel like everybody's ready to move on. I think, uh, I kind of feel like it might be like a symptom of not feeling like you have control or Could feeling be. like something else is in control of what you can and cannot do. And it seems like when when we we go through these times, like 9-11, the Iraq war, uh, the financial crisis of 2008, COVID, we go through these times where like shit just kind of happens to you and you're not really able to, you kind of feel like you're starting to get boxed in. And I think that's really when conspiracy, it seems like, like jump. Like all of a sudden we live in these times of great conspiracy. Like the, sh- the same shit happened. Uh, we talked about the Black Plague back in the like 1300s and all the conspiracies that came out about like the Jews were poisoning the wells right. and the Jews were poisoning children. I think that there's certain times where there's like a real struggle and people really start to feel boxed in and they come up with these conspiracies, maybe so that they don't have to blame themselves or mm. so that they can actually have an enemy to point to and feel like they're actually fighting against something. That's a very valid point. And you, I, to me, you take that reason, and when something big happens in the world, it can't be from a small problem. It has to be from some large extravagant problem. Remember, we yeah. talked about that. That quote has always stuck with me, that when a big event happens, people make up big excuses for it. Or it has yep. to have a big reason. It can't just be something small, which we found out most of the shit is small stuff. That's just how the world works. But let's yeah. get out of here, Phil. Uh, so thank you, everybody, who's donated to our Patreon. If you would like to support us, head over to patreon.com, patreon.com slash subliminal deception. We have, God, I don't know, five or six uh, banter sessions on there you can check out. We'll be having probably another one up by uh, the time you hear this. Otherwise, Phil, where else can they contact us? Oh, I was going to say it would be probably better to reach our Patreon through the website. I actually was listening to Small Town Murder, and Jimmy was talking about how he finally found out why it's hard for people to find their Patreon is because they're explicit language. And we are marked under explicit language, which is why we don't show up in the search. So if you'd like to find our Patreon... Go to www.subliminaldeception.com. You can find our homepage on there. There's obviously Bumblebutt Podcast along with Subliminal Deception Podcast. Go on our page. All the way at the bottom is our Patreon link. 
it's a really good way to find us there. You can also find our contact link on the website. It takes uh, sends your message straight to our email. Just like if you used our regular email, you basically just fill in your name, your message, and then the body of the message. Uh, if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, it's subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from our fans. You know, Cody and I both have access to it, so we'll definitely get a hold of you, get back to you. Uh, you can also hit us up on Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on Instagram. Uh, me and Cody both also have access to that. Uh, we love hearing from everybody. You know, had uh, quite a few good messages in the past two weeks from some people, some great suggestions too. So thanks for that. Cody and I also have our own Instagram. Mine is SDPodPhil. I barely ever check it, and I'm so sorry for that. Cody, what's yours? Yeah, follow my personal Instagram at CodyZabub. Look at some of my uh, memes on there in my story. Otherwise, the last thing we need you guys to do is if you listen on iTunes, please uh, leave the show a five-star review. does not really matter what you say. Just type something in there. Spotify users, simply hit the follow button, and that is allegedly like an iTunes review for Spotify, and you'll be updated whenever the show drops a new episode. Otherwise, guys, I hope uh, we've been kind of serious for a few weeks here, so it's kind of a nice little easygoing, let's have a laugh episode for right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.